Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Jones of all ages, welcome to the main event of the evening. It's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Yo, yo! Yo, Joe! Hey, hey, hey! That's right, we're back, and that means I'm back, and I'm Cheapy Two Shoes, and I think you're back if you're still with me. Are you out there, sir? <laughs> it's me, Douglas Katie, Chris McLeod from the Fourth Force, and of course, yo, yo. Talking Joe. How are you doing, buddy? Before we cut into the show, I just want to say what an absolute shambles we've had here oh. in the Talking yo, Joe yo. studios in the last 10 minutes. So, first of all, we're well, not in the last 10 minutes. We tried to record this an hour ago, and the, the website, the bit of software we used, was down. So then Diagnostic said, oh, it's back up. Let's get on there. So we got on there. So then uh, we started recording uh, and there was some crackling in the background. My, my uh, insulation in my loft was creaking because the, the, the weather and the wind has blown it around. So we recorded again. We recorded about five minutes of stuff. And then I was like, oh, what has happened? I did not press the record button. So we had to go back and do it all again. So, right, that's rant over. We've gone inside my mind already. We don't have to do it for the rest of the show. Um, yes, so, uh, yeah, I'm well. I'm well, sir. How are you? How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It was great hanging out and meeting up in the the, the, the big smoke yep, that's in right. uh, Londinium town. Uh, that's right. I, stood we did it. I stood outside a hippodrome for like about an hour, and there were no hippos, so I was oh, a bit upset about that. Any giraffes? Uh, no, that's that. You're thinking of the giraffe, the giraffe drome. Yeah. Any any terror Zero terradromes. Oh, not even a technodrome in the oh. vicinity. Oh. But yeah, it was good. It was good. We uh, we hooked up, so to speak. We went to some comic shops. Shout out to Orbital Comics and Forbidden Planet. We had a Thai green curry. Yummy. We exchanged gifts. Thank you for the t-shirt and the Full Force fan club membership stuff. Thank you for the hats, man. They were well good. Yeah, Streets yeah. of Rage bobble hats. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, very good. And uh, then we got uh, bad beverages. Beverage for the show. Do, 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 do. Beverage for the show. Do, 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 do. Now I am gonna go do, do, and drink my beverage for the show. <laughs> oh, a cafe Nero. Yikes. See this like okay, I have to I have to level here. Whenever I go to any place to get tea, and I'm talking UK, US, whatever, they basically it's like a build your own adventure, but they'll f- something up for you on your behalf so what usually happens is i don't like to have the tea bag in there brewing for too long like i don't like it sitting in there brewing till like you can stand a, a spoon up in it and no matter what i f- ask for it never gets done so like it really annoys me when, uh, when Cafe Nero, she, she made the tea, but she made it from a, a distance away. By the time she came over to give me the tea, the bag was in there and it had been brewing for probably about five minutes. And it was just like syrup at that point. And I'm just like, no, like that's not how it's done. Yeah. Don't overbrew your bag, lady. Don't overbrew your bag. But yeah, so like that really, that really peed me off uh, inside Chris's mind. 
on this on this week's yeah. show. <laughs> nice, nice. But other than that, yeah, we've been good. We've been uh, getting pumped up, I think, ready for the next season two, we call it, of uh, Talking Joe. <laughs> we will be carrying on. Uh, hopefully by now we've pumped out some social medias to let you know what we're doing. And we are going to carry on with The Real American Hero, IDW's version, starting here today now, live with issue 155 and a half. That's why this episode is called 55 and a half, because we thought yeah. we were being cute and intelligent yeah well that's for someone else to judge um <laughs> but yeah so we're going to carry on this idw uh, run of real american hero we might uh there's been some call outs from some of the loyal listener base to do some other stuff like the uh idw cobra stuff maybe hearts and minds um and some of the other things but you know we might get to those as specials you, you never know it's a it's a adaptive evolving fluid thing it's a beast is talking joe so it's a um, beast all right stay tuned um there is going to be a couple of changes. Notably, there's no more beverage for the show. Uh, oh, that actually sucks because I love that theme tune. Yeah. Because now it's time for snack for the show. That's right, snack, snack, snack attacker. Chief and Chris, Mike on solo and Chewbacca. I'm traveling through hyperspace to get some snacks. Snack, 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 snack attacker. So, I'm sure we will still consume beverages on this show. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, um, totally. But now it's on to snacks, and I have already eaten my snack because when we planned to get up here to record an hour ago, and then we binned off the recording, I decided to eat my snack because we were going to record it a few days later. And then Chris said, oh, we're gonna, it's back up now. Let's get on there. So I've eaten my snack, so I'm going to fake opening the packet now. There you go, fake opening the packet. God, behind oh, the curtain. What have I got here? I've got, um, you, you won't guess this, because uh, I think chicken and tuna and things like that are normally about 20 to 25 grams of protein per 100 grams. And I think things like jerky goes even higher to 30 or something. Call this, me? Is, this has got 44 grams of protein per 100 grams. Unheard oh, of. Yeah, whale meat. Yeah, no. Smoky barbecue crunchy roasted crickets. Wow. Delicious insect snacks packed with protein. And mental. Just a quick fact here, why should I eat crickets? As well as being delicious, they're an environmentally friendly source of protein using less of our precious planet's resources to farm. That's why. Now dig in. To produce one kilogram of protein of cat, a cow needs 22,000 litres of water and crickets one litre. Nice. There you go eat your crickets and i have to say they were smoky and they were barbecued and they were very very tasty oh okay you've already done them haven't you of course yeah, that's yeah. what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. i rate yeah. those highly so get some they're called eat grub barbecue smoky barbecue crunchy roasted chick- uh, crickets well mine even though i'm a vegan mine are animals as well yep. but only in shape can uh, you, animal can crackers you, can you get well actually no they're they're not savory uh those the things that are like the biscuits with the cadbury chocolate on top no um, basically, I'll, I'll 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 read them out and then see if you can guess what animal they are. I don't know how you'll guess it because there's like literally no, like nothing to say it what they yeah. are. Four solid rice milk insert name here. Vegan dairy gluten wheat nut and peanut free. <laughs> they're, Coca- um, they're some kind of bunnies or rabbits. Oh, you're so far away. It's not even. It's you're very very cold. That should give you a, an exa- a, a, a polar bears. 
you're, you're penguins yay yeah. first Co- yes coca libre dairy free dark mint chocolate penguins so they they come in this really pretty it's like a it's like a christmas cracker style thing and they all look cute on the on the actual package i'm just pulling them out now <laughs> and they come in a bag <laughs> in actual fact while i'm here I'm taking pictures of these because I always forget to do this, and then when it comes to like sending Chief the pictures uh, for you know for Twitter and that, yep, uh, I always fail dramatically. Have you had these before? Uh, I'm going to say no for the snack for the show, but in reality, yes. Okay, I'll take a picture of the other thing later. So there's like four of these little dark mint um, mint chocolate penguins in this little plastic wrapper inside the uh, cardboard cracker. And they're so cute. They're like little chubby penguin dudes. They kind of look like the ones out of Wallace and Gromit. You know, the ones from uh, the wrong trousers. Or the one from the wrong wrong trousers. And here we go. Going in my mouth. Mmm. Oh, yeah. They sound quite hard. You wouldn't know. Well, that's just... They are are and they aren't. They've actually broken down very easily in my mouth. Um, Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah? If you like mint and chocolate... You'll absolutely love these. What kind of uh, establishment are you purchasing these from? I got them as a present. Okay. But I'm imagining um, any of the... Um, around around Christmas time, I imagine like Sano's or Tesco or okay. wherever. Oh, cool. So I've only got about 350 days to wait. Excellent. Brilliant. Yay. Right. That is snacks for the show. But why we're really here and why everyone's really here. Well, they might be here for other stuff as well. But um, we're going to talk about comics. And like I said, 155.5. This is... We'd we'd stopped on 155 and that was 1994, I think. And this series actually picks up with IDW in 2008. So we're talking, you know, 14 years later. IDW had picked up the rights and had been publishing G.I. Joe comics from 2006 with their own continuity line and I'm not 100% sure I said I was going to do some research and I didn't do it so slap on the wrist chief (laughs) I said I was going to do some research as to how about as to how this real American hero and bringing Larry back to the series came about so well we do know that obviously Larry did origins for IDW in I think 2008 and it was kind of like almost the precursor to redoing IDW's uh, or for IDW to, to redo and restart the Real American Hero uh, timeline continuity. I actually remember when the news dropped, I remember a couple of articles posting it, and it was really just, you know, you know, Larry wanted to continue doing it, and they'd had that connect, you know, uh, IDW wanted to, to get this done, and the two kind of had already worked together, so the the, the questions had been asked, or, the, you know, the, the conversations had been had in that time, period between then and and obviously at this stage and I think Larry always wanted to kind of get back into it or at least he wanted to maybe finish you know finish what he'd started effectively and uh, ironically I don't think many people would have expected the comic to to be still going to this day no Uh, I mean that is quite impressive in my opinion Um, in, in a you know in an industry where you know comics is not as strong as it was um, and and that's you know that's a fact. Um, you can argue the semantics of that statement uh, to the to Moon, but you know it's not the strongest industry in terms of sales as it used to be. No. Um, even during that 
uh, run with uh, with the Marvel GI Joe comics. That's not to say that you know they're not the the quality is diminished in any way, shape, or form. That's not the case. Uh, in actual fact, some of the the comics have been amazing in the IDW or Real American Hero run, and obviously starting this one at one fifty five and a half, it was a free comic book day issue. Yep. We got a really nice homage to the first G.I. Joe issue with the cover. Yep. And I suppose that's something we can get into now, isn't it, bud? Yeah, well, just before we do that, um, in the back, I'm reading the single issues. I've got them, I've got them all. And there's uh, there's a questions for Larry Harmer in the back from some people who have quoted some questions. I'm just going to read them out. Um, so some one person says, what kind of tone are you going for with the Marvel continuation? Whose tone? Will, will you try and bring back the good old days or will you allow the post-155 issues to reflect where you are now and where the world is now and Larry said um, I'm not the same person I was 25 years ago I think he is still Larry Harmer but um, hopefully <laughs> I know a bit more about storytelling and characterization and the all-important why that drives the characterization so he's not really giving away much there then someone else says uh, what one thing are you looking to definitely address correct in the continuation that you weren't able to do before <laughs> and he said um no he's yeah putting he's putting words saying, into larry's mouth all there, those mistakes he? you made larry how are you gonna yeah. fix them um nothing in particular every issue of the original run was done by the seat of the pants never <laughs> knew what the end of the issue was going to be until i got it to it these days because of changes in the system and in the way comics are sold and marketed arc overviews are demanded I can supply them in a very vague way, but I really don't know any other way to write the stories, so I invariably stray far away from those submitted overviews. Basically saying, whatever editorial tells me, I'm going to do my own thing. Interestingly, here's a question. Uh, it says, will 155.5 launch an ongoing series? And Larry says, I hope so. This living from month to month is tough. So I wonder, because you, like you mentioned, 155.5 came out as a free yeah. comic book day issue. So I wonder if when it was announced, they weren't there weren't not any plans for an ongoing but it wasn't in the pipeline maybe larry was kind of being uh, reined in a little bit in terms of what he could, could and couldn't say yeah. but i would su- i would suggest honestly that um uh, he probably didn't know there was going to be an ongoing yeah. he probably was this probably was just done as a well let's do a free comic book day let's, let's see do how it, it goes. let's let's do like a little special off the back of 155 and and see how it ha- see how it yeah. goes down and i think it, the response was pretty big and i think they expected it and already had it irons in the fire anyway yeah. and that's you know where we get uh, the uh, the real american hero kind of continuation yeah and uh, last one here, uh, one guy says, do you have any, or girl, one uh, person says, do you have any thoughts on bringing back October Guard, introducing the Red Shadows, Scar, Serpentor, Cobra La? And uh, Larry says, I love the October Guard, didn't care much for Serpenta, hated Cobra La. <laughs> he does not mince words, Larry, yeah. does he? And uh, interesting side side fact here, because I didn't really watch the cartoon, and I was just comic book man, I thought Serpentor... In my head, I always pronounced it Serpentor. That's because you're an idiot, yeah. Because it's got the word <laughs> serpent in it. And yeah. It's, so it should be Serpentor, not Serpentor. But anyway. Um, right. Uh, we probably need a jingle in here to do with something about Comic Talk. Comic Talk. Oh, Comic Talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them. Whoa. Comic Talk. Oh, Comic Talk. 
Larry Hama writes them cheap and Chris discuss them. Whoa. Okay, so like you mentioned, Chris, let's let's uh, get involved here. The cover is an homage. It's it's the issue one cover from the Marvel run with the pages ripping, Cobra Commanders peeking out through it. G.I. Joe is gone. Now begins the reign of Cobra. Yeah, the couple of things I like about this is the fact that they've digitally ripped the uh the front cover so it doesn't look yep. naturally ripped does it like it, it's kind of it's kind of almost a little bit kind of you know i don't know i'm not i'm not gonna say mario paint it's not that bad but um i do i do find that quite funny but i do like the fact they've obviously torn at the point at the top where the fold over where marvel would be yeah and you've got like idw there instead and yeah so that, that's pretty cool and it's also the colors are a bit washed on my version the colors are a bit washed out and pastely. Yeah. Well, it's almost, I think that, yeah, almost to show that it's the old being removed and then the new is kind of coming through that, yeah, I, I, I've i got the same thing on the digital, yeah. Yeah, cool. And um, don't forget, this was a free comic for free comic book day, so it was, it, you know, the, I'm no disrespect to any of the free comic book day creators, but there there's always like an element of, you know, it, it's, it's never as, well, it is, some of them are pretty cool, Yeah. but, um, you know, this one's okay. Uh, spoiler alert! But I, yeah, there's 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 level. You can see where they've kind of made cutbacks, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is by obviously Larry Harmer, uh, writing, scripting, and Augustine Padilla, or Padilla um, is the. I would artist say Padilla. Here. Yeah, Padilla. Yeah. Jay Brown on colours too. Jay Brown on colours. Yep. And just one last bit of insight from the chief. I have got all these in singles. We were pictured together with me holding up the latest 269 issue in Forbidden Planet. However, I probably have only read up to maybe issue 240, 245, so I've got two years' worth of backlog, <laughs> which I think I'm actually going to save to read on this pod, so I might not get to them for till a year's time. That's cool. Fresh. Fresh is a daisy. And of those 90 issues of this particular run that I've read... Because my memory's so bad, I can only honestly remember one incident from the whole of the 90 issues I've read, uh, and that is spoilers, Don't obviously spoiler the death alert. of Snake Eyes. I um, knew you were going to say that. That's the only thing that I can actually remember. So for me, it's almost like I'm reading them again for the first time. So I think that's the, that is the case, though. I mean, when, when, uh, obviously, I, there's, a, there's a few I remember fondly because of what is um, the sub, because of the subject matter. Okay, yep. Uh, you'll probably guess what that is. It's kind of action force related, right. but um, we, you know that that stands out to me as a really kind of memorable point. But yeah, the rest of it does have this this weird knack of bleeding into itself. So, uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're back in the we're back in the continuity that basically just deals with the brainwave scanner <laughs> yeah. as a. Yeah as a plot point and it's got to the point now where i think everything is just brainwave scanner related yeah um spoiler let's, alert let's dig into it so this is issue 155 and a half and it is a kind of a standalone story but obviously it does lead in a lot of stuff happens does get picked up later on yeah, I'm assuming. yeah i think you can say this is standalone because if you read 156 on its own you yep. wouldn't miss anything you wouldn't be no. missing like if you didn't have 155 and a half you're not going to be like what what's the what what am I missing here? So yeah, you, they've done it because it's a free comic book on Free Comic Book Day. They've done it in that way. Yeah, there's no real overarching kind of synopsis or story arc for this issue. So I don't think we really need to cover that. I think it's you know we can just pick out some key points or bits that we liked. And yeah, the yeah. first thing I'm going to say is that opening page where Cobra Commander's storming the 
Senate chambers with Cobra troopers and then the next page he wakes up and he, it was all a dream and he's gone to sleep in his hood. It's like a special bed mask, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's got a special bed mask and um, one thing I will say about it, yeah, that was something I'd, uh, I'd noted down but also he's woken up by Zartan who has managed to get past his security detail and he's like, how did you do that, Zartan? It's like, oh, come on. You know how Zartan got past your security detail for f**k's sake, but also he trans—he kind of like changes form into a hiss tank driver, and then says, "I simply assume the appearance of a crimson guard." It's like, well, if you—if that's what you were doing, you failed dramatically because you've yeah. changed into a hiss driver, and, and that, funnily enough, happens again later in the issue. And is that a crimson guard they show? Is that a, that's a redesign? It's a hiss tank driver. Oh, that's a hiss tank driver. Yeah, okay. it's a mistake. It's a, it's an art mistake. Oh, it's an art mistake. Okay. All right, but is that is that a redesign of a his tank driver? That's not what they always look like, is it? I mean, it's it's a close approximation okay. of a his tank driver, but it, it, it is to a certain degree difficult to make out unless you kind of you'll look at them side by side eventually it'll make sense. Okay. So, this is another thing I want to pick up on. Zartan, I'm struggling, but last we saw him, he was a good guy, and now he's Back to being evil, is that explained later in the run or not? No, but okay. also I think that um, it's funny that he's not in his Ninja Force garb anymore, and I know he was kind of changing back and forth anyway, but I'm pretty sure he was Ninja Force when we left, right? I don't I don't even know that a Zartan Ninja Force existed, so I'm going to say no. Yeah, he had the, the Mohawk. Oh, that's Ninja Force, is it? Yeah. Okay. Were you not listening to my toys, uh, Chris Talks Toys for that, no, that no, episode? I was, I, was, I was probably trying to prep up on a segment of the show that I hadn't got ready for. Yeah, that was a Ninja Force figure. Right, uh, okay. Zartan was a member of the Ninja Force with his mohawk and all of his... Oh, yes, and... I do remember now, because he's got like bits for swords in his in his legs or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay cool. I do remember. I was listening. Um, okay, well, sidebar, so... but it's interesting that he's back to uh, regular Zartan now. Back to regular outfit, which um, I prefer, I think, but... Yeah, no real explanation about why he's um, in Cabra Commander's bedchamber. Maybe that's a spin-off series. Um, <laughs> I guess there is kind of uh, an overarching, a very small bit, because we see Cobra Commander on a live telly stream to the jugglers. And I got a bit yeah. confused here at the Pentagon. So first of all, I was thinking, how has Cobra Commander got a hotline to the Pentagon? Because he actually says something like, um, set up a call to the jugglers or something like that. And I'm thinking, A, how has he got the contact details for the jugglers? But then later on, is it a case that they're in bed together, like so to speak? That uh, Well, they always have been. The jugglers have, have been this corrupt element of the Pentagon that have always had, like, you know, Destro or Cobra Commander in their pocket. Left, you know, I they're didn't all know based. That. Yeah, yeah. The, the jugglers are like a evil band of of generals that are just after their own you know, knew, they're just after more money knew, we had that um, arc power. didn't we where Roadblock gets cuffed up and yeah, then Roadblock and, du they, and Duke got arrested yeah they, they exposed the yeah. jugglers for being kind of corrupt but I didn't know they were in bed with um, Cobra but yes. maybe maybe that was explained and I just wasn't listening possibly yeah. I mean Storm Shadow even had to, thre had to threaten them to to kind of uh, help out with the uh, snake eye situation. Oh, well. yeah, that's when he did his leprechaun dance on the table. Yeah, his, that was amazing, that yeah, was. That was a fantastic leprechaun dance. But, yeah, I mean, what what's happening here is that Cobra have kind of started this mini-revolution with a faction called, is it Broken Star, I think it's called? Um, uh, Broken Star Liberation Army. And yeah. they're basically using them 
to or that they've they've caused what this effectively is this kind of revolution in the united states through broken star liberation army utilizing crimson guard and and other facets that they have and by doing that they basically want to get some leverage in the in the u.s and to do that this is like a long play kind of scheme whereby they would then get the jugglers to uh, commission cobra as an outsourced kind of security company and that's how cobra want to infiltrate again the united states kind of uh, government setup yeah that's not fully kind of expanded on in this issue is it of cobra becoming that security force but no I think- but he he says i mean he says out out loud uh, in the past, the goal of Cobra uh, and the jugglers were at odds. So there you go. There, there's a straight away that explains what you were talking about earlier. But now we can both see clearly that we have common agendas and aspirations. Aside from the attacks on major landmarks, there were dozens of smaller actions, bombings and assaults targeting shopping malls, amusement parks, banks and corporate headquarters. The entire country is in a panic. The people demand that order be restored. And then the jugglers say, one of the jugglers says, we have made certain that the top Pentagon advisors have pressed the president to ask the Congress to declare martial law, but are not certain there will be enough votes. Cobra Commander says, let me worry about that. I'm guessing he's talking about Crimson Guard stuff. And then he says, the Cabal has only to be ready to implement the outsourcing of additional internal security to Cobra once martial law is passed. Yes. So it's a very complex, long scheme. Yeah, yeah. And he has, Cobra Commander has enlisted some more, some his usual cronies into the into the fold, hasn't he? So he's got, uh, we've seen Zartan, he's got Destro back, uh, Baroness is there. And I was initially, oh, what's what's happening here? Because you've got Storm Shadow and, and Billy, and surely they're part of Ninja Force. But uh, later on, we we discover that they fell victim to your favourite plot device, the Brainwave Scanner. <sighs> so at some point along the line, they've been captured um, by Cobra Commander, and he's, he's stuck them through that machine. Well, when we last, when we were last with all of these characters, weren't they in the same place? I'm pretty sure they were all in the same building uh, when we last saw them. And like Zartan and Destro were were um, were brainwashed again. They they had that uh, thing that Doctor Mindbender had been working on with Cobra Commander. So like they were kind of under like the spell again. Uh, the Baroness had kind of like broken free a little bit, but she was she was wrangled back in. And I'm pretty sure Billy and Storm Shadow were in the same place when we left, uh, as we left everything. Yeah, possibly, possibly. So all Larry's doing here is he's he's basically kind of saying that in that time period, those characters were, you know, were, were wrangled together. Yeah. Well, one thing I do want to point out here is I'm gonna post pictures or, or go and Google it if you want to have a look. Uh, the Baroness. Looks like she's wearing a pair of those Sega 3D glasses uh, for the Master System. Do you remember those? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so I, she... I mean, this is a this is a fashion. Armani, Prada, Versace too. Joe's changed their outfits from black to blue. Duke and Hawk, look but don't gawk. Changing their kit. Whoa, is that legit? Swapping camo jackets, headgear and boots. It's now neon colours and funky space suits. Sci-fi stalker and even Roblox. While Bill, Flint and Mutt gave me a shot. So go take a walk if clothes aren't your passion. Comic book talk and lovely GI Joe fashion change for the Baroness. She's yeah. gone. She's reverted back to her original blue, which she donned in the first issue, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I don't know how long that will stay. We'll, we'll, we'll keep tabs on that. But yeah, so you know, and Cobra Commander's got a new battle suit, courtesy of uh, Mindbender. The, I, this before we get to the battle suit, sorry, dude. I've noticed that you know the revolutionary elite guards that they're fighting in. So basically, we go over to Trucial Abysmia, and they're in an agricultural research facility. 
but there's actually just weapons of mass destruction that are being built there, biological ones. Baroness, Storm Shadow and Billy are on site to, uh, I don't know, basically take the place and uh, for their own. And the Revolutionary Elite Guards are there, and they look really cool and kind of are very much brushed over in terms of anything so yeah, that got but a good I thought, look i think they've done yeah, a good design there very much kind of reminds me of like a, a viper viper met a headhunter they had sex that's the child that they would uh yeah have. interesting uh, but yeah you're right cobra commander's got new battle togs and uh they're a bit mental it looks like iron it looks like war machine yeah he does yeah he does there's a bit where and, and this is a bit later so i am jumping forward a little bit but you know we can we can still talk about stuff in between but there, there's a helicopter towards the end that is coming towards Cobra Commander and he says something like he's he, he dodges a missile and uh, I don't recognise those markings, Destro. Could it be a Joe attack? Wait, did you see that? The pilot dodged that missile at the last second and it was Storm Shadow who was piloting the helicopter. So it's almost like he's imbued, Storm Shadow's imbued the helicopter with some sort of ninjutsu that, uh... that, it, that it can dodge missiles. No, it's not. It's Baroness that's flying it. He says, Commander, I only know one helicopter pilot who could have pulled off that manoeuvre, and that hind D is sporting Trucial Abyssinia colours. The last place Baroness reported in from. So it's, it's the Baroness that was flying it, not Storm Shadow. How do we know the Baroness is flying it? Because Destro says it. He says, Commander, I only know one yeah, helicopter pilot who could have pulled off that manoeuvre, and that hind D is sporting Trucial Abysmia colours, the last place Baroness reported in from. Yeah, but then Mindbender says Storm Shadow was with her. Yeah, but 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 that like Destro is saying it in his sentence. Like that's what he's he's saying that Baroness is is in that helicopter. He's the only person he knows who would fly that thing. We'll have to agree to disagree on that one. I'm saying but, Storm but Shadow. But she's in the gag. she's piloting it. She's in the pilot seat. The pilot seat's in the back, is it? Yeah. Alright. Well, I'm agreeing I'm I'm disagreeing. I'm saying Storm Shadow and he's imbued it with ninja powers. <laughs> uh, regardless almighty. Regardless, I like it that he's dodging missiles in heli or who she's dodging missiles in helicopters. Billy looks about fifty, is another thing I want to say. Yeah, he's very old all of a sudden, isn't he? Yeah. Very quick to get there. And I don't think someone did... There was another thing in the back of the letters page that I didn't read out, and someone said, when is this set? So I, I went, and people were asking, is this set 14 years later, uh, have the characters aged, or is it a direct continuation? And Larry was very vague and didn't answer that question, just saying G.I. Joe exists in its own continuity. Right. So didn't want to commit. Art, what, what do you think of the art on this issue? Are you a fan of uh, Padilla? I think it's hit and miss. I think in some places it looks really, really cool. Like when, uh, like that, fir- literally that first time we see Cobra Commander in in like the comic, uh, it's a really cool dynamic pose yeah. on the top of that his tank. But he's like, you know, very much him in his classic, you know, kind of onward attack and all that kind of stuff. But then other shots, like I'm not too sure about. I mean, they make the his tanks look massive. Uh, and and quite quite weirdly shaped some of them going up the stairs. Yeah, there's some nice scenes like the the bedroom scene where he's having sex with Zartan. Yeah. Uh, that's quite that's quite sexy. I'm trying to like the, the, there isn't the, there isn't one specific area that I'm looking at and thinking that's a bit rubbish. But like there the, I don't know just it doesn't it, it doesn't really strike me as like the greatest art. But there's some good stuff in there. Yeah yeah I think. And he stay. He doesn't stay on for long. I don't think. Maybe six issues, something like that, into yeah, the yeah. run. Uh, yeah. And I think once he's got to grips with the characters and you know the themes, etc., I think his, his art does get uh, quite a bit stronger. I quite like this uh, Tele Viper look with the red yeah. uh, the gold, thing on the helmet yeah. and the gold. I think that's quite cool. And my favourite bit of dialogue 
is this bit on page 21 where Cobra Commander says, Televiper, activate fiscal crisis protocol. <laughs> Transmit green light to global warming acceleration cells. Unlock the biochemical bunkers and wake up the sleepy heads. And um, the sleepy heads is actually these deep cover agents where they all get phone calls and they all get into their garb. And here again... Is that another Miss Art on the very last page? Has, yeah. has he drawn a his tank driver as a co- as a Crimson Guard? Yeah, it's like I, I'm not sure if it was like either around. an attempt to up up no not update but like to do something a bit different with the Crimson Guard uniform, or if it was just a complete mistake and he got the wrong art reference. Yeah. But it's effectively, I mean, it's the it's the same as the the Crimson Guard we saw at the, first, the start of the or it's again it, it's weird because it's it's less like a, a, a his tank driver, but the if you if you go back to the uh the first panel it's i mean that is a his tank driver like yeah. 100% okay. uh so it's obviously that he's just accidentally got the you know either the wrong art reference or they tried to do something different and it just happens to look like a his tank driver yeah yeah one other thing i do want to mention i think we've pretty much covered the issue it's only now struck me that we didn't actually see any gi joes in this issue it's actually only yeah. now talking about it is it's full on cobra activity you could argue storm shadows a gi joe yeah yeah um, <laughs> you're and, right though you're and the other thing right. i want to talk about is the brainwave scanner does pop up a lot and they make quite a lot of mentions of dr venom now yes. dr Ven- venom was the originator the creator of the brainwave scanner and he got killed off quite early in the marvel run somewhere in the 20s i think maybe yeah yeah and wasn't really meant maybe it was mentioned in you know a few panels here and there yeah but yeah. no no key reference was made to him and the rest of the run but here they're making a big deal about him he, he is appearing on the screens on the t- as as billy's getting zapped and cobra commander wants to know why and mindbender's saying well he installed a lot of himself in the program it's just glitching etc but i think there's more to it than that which we'll possibly find out later on in the run totally um in actual fact there's a whole arc in in recent time okay uh within like the last well you know 2019 um where venom featured quite heavily so okay um, he's back right okay well well uh you know no spoilers but yeah okay okay (laughs) all right okay cool cool uh i look forward to that yeah i think from a you know i guess we need to are we going to do yo joage on these or not because i think going forward what we're going to potentially do is rather than do four issues per episode per pod episode we maybe do two or three so we can focus in a little bit tighter and effectively keep the pod going a bit longer because if we do four issues per thing we'll be done in seven months when we catch up to the end and so yeah just a few less issues but that might mean if there's a six issue arc we'll break it down into two three issue pods so i think should we rank where we can sure i mean this can be ranked because it's a standalone issue yep you know obviously at the time i was very excited that a real american hero was back uh so there's a lot of kind of like oh it's brilliant we get we back into this continuity uh you know it's almost like the you know a new jumping on point for a lot of people there was a lot of buzz around i mean joe was actually quite big around that time as well like 2010 you know the 25th anniversary had been out and was doing mental numbers um it was like you know they were really hitting on the nostalgia and i think idw noticed that and were like well let's get a real american hero out and you know let, let's kind of capitalize on some of this success as well with that kind of with the modern figures kind of doing so well and uh and you know they thought well let's let's get involved in this so for me I, there was a lot of kind of excitement surrounding it so there's always like a like happy nostalgia uh, i say nostalgia hell it was only like well yeah. 10 years ago but 
however having said that it's good as a free comic book i'm not gonna you know blaze on it too much but i'm gonna go ahead and just give it a straight down the middle kind of three i think on this one okay it's not straight down the middle at all but you know it's a three we're changing it up people we're going to out of five now instead of out of ten my bad five i'm giving it five (laughs) sorry i was thinking potatoes i was stuck in comic burst mode right apologies yeah um i think i'm gonna go probably somewhere around a six for me in fact Um, i'm changing mine to six because it's definitely more positive yeah yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with you. It's it's a six. six I post up I post up these little nuggets uh, on the uh, socials because in the back there's a couple of file cards, one for Billy and one for the brainwave scanner. <laughs> so that's interesting. I've not seen that before. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, next week uh, I'm looking at the cover here. One five six. These actually, all, I've got the Rod Wiggum covers on these issues. They were like the alternate cover, and they're Wiggle. nice. Nice to get a bit of. I don't know. So my advice to people is read three issues ahead in case we cover three issues. We might only do two, but if you read one, five, six, five, seven, five, eight, you'll be safe. You'll be safe as ours is. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, are you in a position where you can talk about toys? I certainly well is. Do it then. Chris talks about toys. Ho, ho. Chris talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the things from the comic book and the animated show. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Okay, so I am actually going to go with a figure that, that stuck out to me in the kind of early 2000s. And obviously going in through this issue, I use I like to kind of stick to whatever characters are on show. And even though we don't see an unmasked Storm Shadow, I really loved the 2005 Mail Away uh, Storm Shadow version 20. And that, uh, I say love, I mean, it was just one of those things where it brought back that whole mail away vibe again, which I loved as a kid. Like I had Special Core, Super Trooper, and Cobra Commander as well. Uh, A lot of those kind of mail away offers that I used to absolutely adore. And so in 2005, we had like Valor versus Venom. We had like, I think, direct to consumer figures. Uh, Comic book three packs were kind of, you know, like uh, still being made. There was a Ninja Battle set. There were like six packs. There was a lot of, of G.I. Joe product, uh, a lot of kind of reissued O-ring stuff, um, some new sculpt stuff, obviously, like I said, direct-to-consumer figures, uh, which would just buy straight off the internet via retailers. And obviously we had we also had some kind of convention stuff as well. So it was a pretty big year, 2005, in terms of like, you know, product coming out. And they ran this mail-in on some of the figures to get an unmasked Tommy Arashikagi. Yep. So I think it was on the comic back, comic packs that I had, there was stickers that said, you know, get your mail in kind of Storm Shadow figure, unmasked Tommy Arashikagi, and it was all like really kind of cool. And I just loved that feeling again of being like, oh man, I can't wait to like, you know, wait six to eight weeks for this to come through the post. As it was, I don't think I was eligible for it in the UK, so I ended up getting it through either like Small Joes or one of those kind of online retailers that i ended up kind of buying it from them and just getting it direct and i was so so happy when i got this figure and all it is is a baggy figure with a file card and some accessories and but it's just really neat because he got a new sculpt head so like a you know like a a maskless face an unmasked face and they use like different versions of like i think 2004 and 2005 storm shadows to kind of make up the body and like he was supposed to have 
this really kind of fancy kind of dragon deco that I think they ended up giving to a different figure later on or previously. I can't remember exactly what it was, but in the end, he, he was just basically this kind of white figure with the molded, where it should have been painted, deco, like the molded dragon on his legs and stuff. And on his back, if you turn the figure around, he had a grey dragon, like, wrapped up just above his backpack hole. Wee. But it was a really cool figure. I loved the textures on the design. The build was really fun. Uh, and the unmasked head was super cool. And it was the first time I think they'd done an unmasked Storm Shadow in... Oh, God, how many figures has he had? I think close to... I think he had close to 50-something... And I do believe that this one came before Tommy Arashikagi, the um, three-pack figure where he was like in his Vietnam togs. Okay. But uh, I can't. I think I think he comes before that one uh, on Yojo. They've certainly got him before that one as well. So uh, I think that this was the first unmasked uh, Storm Shadow figure ever. Uh, he's got a few details on his body. He's got like um, a black strap that also goes about like halfway up his torso as well, kind of crosses across his uh, his his waist. He's then got the like a black belt as well, and then the rest of him is white with the grey wrists and grey kind of shins uh, straps, uh, and like it's almost like a flesh tone neckerchief kind of part, uh, which I think either could be a miss. Uh, you know, they they might have forgotten to paint it. Or they went with that just to kind of change, you know, a bit of the deco up a little bit. Uh, he comes with a hood, believe it or not. It's a, it's an, uh, it's a, um, a hood that you can remove, right. which is really, really neat, like a little helmet kind of style. He, he comes with a, the sword with the holes in it, uh, which is kind of, I think, uh, Snake Eyes had back in uh, his one of his early versions. And those these two really kind of weird knives that have been used before as well, they're kind of really odd-shaped kind of knives uh, with little kind of almost like ports on the handguards. They're kind of weird. Um, but he comes with two of those as well. He also came with a file card. Uh, the file card was really nice because it was like a cut file card. It wasn't one that you had to cut out yourself. And it had a gorgeous bit of art on the other side. It's a black file card with a huge red Cobra logo and then this new artwork of Storm Shadow over the top of it. And again, he's he's rocking like slightly different clothing than the figure and the deco has got like the kind of teal dragon and other elements involved that obviously this figure does not have and the file card basically has the information that we're fully aware of uh thomas m arashikagi file name uh primary military specialty ninja uh secondary military specialty sabotage birthplace san francisco california storm shadow was once a master in the arashikagi ninja clan along with his sword brother snake eyes he was taught the ways of the ninja by his father hard master storm shadow could never accept that cooperation not conquest is often the key to victory his desperate need to be the best in his father's eyes was a fatal flaw exploited by a cobra ninja who infiltrated the clan the evil ninja caused the death of hard master and had the blame fall on snake eyes this split the clan and the sword brothers in two now storm shadow works for cobra in his quest to get revenge against snake eyes but is his dedication to the cause of evil the truth or a deception ninjas work with the art of illusion as well as the blade of the sword what are the true motives of storm shadow and the quote is i will do what must be done to avenge the death of my father do it and basically that is storm shadow version 20 cobra ninja very good very good yeah i did not know even know that figure existed so um education for the chief <laughs> free of charge well I hope education's what you need more toys next week absolutely well that's good because we need them we got a jingle for it another thing we got a jingle for is british colloquialisms aka over egg in the pudding we got a pudding we're gonna egg it 
we gotta put in. We're gonna over egg it, we gotta put in. We got no criticisms, that means it's time for some British colloquialisms. Alright, next. Yes, next. Um, you, you want you want this one, or shall I go? Yeah, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the lead. Do it. I'm not sure if we've actually used this one already, but it's something that I think a lot of us can relate to in the world around this time of year. Hemorrhoids? Not... <laughs> this sounds like a infomercial, but we've, we've started doing infomercials for hemorrhoid cream, guys, because we want the money. Uh, and obviously with having this massive fan base... Yeah. It makes sense to do hemorrhoid cream. Um, no, in actual fact, it's obviously what happens around Christmas time. You have to buy loads of presents. What does that inevitably lead to happening? Mm, uh, a decrease in the bank balance. Exactly. And one word that describes not having any money in the British slang ooh, vernacular ooh, can is... I, does it start with S? It does. But before you say it, it's also, if you move the letters around, it's the sound effect that Wolverine has when he, his claws come out. Ah, uh, yeah, it is, yeah, snicked. But exactly. in actual fact, it is... Oh, no, I was pumping you, so you can say your own one. <laughs> skint. In... Yeah, skint, yeah. <laughs> I was like, he wanted to say it, so I'll just let him. No, and he's no. like, no, no, it's... I'm... Oh, he wants me to do it. True it. professionals here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, this is like when you've played football with someone for your whole life, you know exactly what they're going to do. We've got no it's idea. Like we have no clue. <laughs> skint, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty skint at the moment. Aren't we both? Yeah. Crikey. I like that one. I like skint. I actually use that. I do use skint, yeah. My one is... Another one actually is Brassic. Oh, yeah, that is a good Brassic one, yeah. For, for nothing, no money. Uh, Brassic my... Park. Yeah. <laughs> um, my one is... Uh, I had some good bants. Oh, pull your bants down. B-A-N-T-S, uh, or banter. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know if banter is used elsewhere. Yeah, uh, the Archbishop Bishop of Banterbury. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, all those. But to have banter is to have uh, a good back and forth, some good, some good chat with someone when you're skint. Yeah, when you're skint. Bants when you're skint. Pull your bants down. Pull your bants down. Um, there'll be more of that next week if we can think of some or hear some that we have used uh, in the past week, which is our future. Your no, our past. Your future. Someone's present. But right now, it's time for... Listeners answer a question. Listeners answer a question. Posed by us, just for you. Listeners answer a question. Wank, wank. That's right, we've gone and flip-reversed it on you. I love the way you work it. And if you let me, I'm gonna flip-reverse it. Because I'm not asking Chris a question, he's not asking me a question, we're asking you, the listeners in Podland, uh, to answer questions that we posed. And we actually stuck a question up on the Twitter sphere this past week asking uh, what your favourite war movies is. Uh, is, are, I can't even speak. Uh, because What's your favourite war movies is? What? <laughs> are you skint yet? Um, we... The movie, oh, the movie 1917. Is it out now for general release? I think it is. It is, yeah. It's out, yeah. It's out, getting rave reviews. So we, we posted up uh, what... Originally, we were going to say what your favourite war movies from that kind of era, that sort of bygone era, but um, instead... I decided to ruin it. Instead, we opened it up to just favourite war movies. I thought it would be interesting to see, you know, if people went down that path and tried to relate it to the 1917 era or not. And I'm at, we had really a lot of responses, so big up yourselves... To, that's actually a compliment in the UK. So you know, I'm not. You <laughs> Big know, up yourself. I'm not saying stick one up here. You know, that's a compliment. Uh, thank you very much for all the um, feedback we got. And I'm actually going to just read out 
pretty much all the responses we got and then we can pick out a few that we we agree with or not so here we go um all quiet on the western front downfall battle of britain and a lot of these i've written down in my in my handwriting that i cannot read so apologies if i get them wrong hamburger hill uh, there's a couple of cases. Oh, someone made a case for Transformers, which was interesting. Casualties. I've just written casualties, so I assume that's not the British show about hospitals. I think that's Casualties of War. Apocalypse Now, Dunkirk, the Dirty Dozen, The Iger Sanctions, Saving Private Ryan, got th- uh, three mentions. Full Metal Jacket, got a couple. Glory, A Bridge Too Far, Platoon, got a few mentions. The Longest Day, The Thin Red Line, got a few. Memphis Bell, Kelly's Heroes. Gallipoli, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, uh, a Midnight Clear, Battleground, Mash, Three Kings, Jarhead. So, so all of them then, basically. So all the movies ever made. But what's interesting to me is a wide range of eras and periods in history there, which I thought was interesting. What came up the most? I think we had three for Saving Private Ryan, two, at least two for Platoon and Thin Red Line. But for my my personals, I really like Glory uh, with Denzel Washington, Matthew Broderick, who are Samuel L. Jackson's in that, I think. Really, really good movie that's set in the Civil War, the US Civil War. And uh, what wasn't mentioned, one of my favourite WW2 movies is Bridge on the River Kwai with your man, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, who, that's a good who, one. Who the bloody hell is Obi-Wan Kenobi? Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness. Yeah. Also, um, yeah, I think I think my one, I, I mentioned my one on the on the page Dunkirk, as well. Dunkirk, yeah. Dunkirk I thought was really, really good. Really emotional, really kind of like, yeah, powerful. Really enjoyed that one. And Gallipoli with Mel Gibson. It's an early Mel Gibson movie set in World War One. Gallipoli. Um, Gallipoli, yeah. <laughs> uh, I really like. But some... And I haven't actually seen half of the movies on here. Um, a lot of these WW2 movies I haven't actually seen, so it's given me some food for thought, and I'm going to try and consume some of these. But interesting choices, I thought. Interesting choices, and again, thanks to everyone who who sent in those. Yeah, that's yeah. It. We'll, be, we'll be posting up another question to the listeners next week. So uh, if we can get the similar feedback, yeah, it'll be good. This segment could be good. Could be good. So. And there was you thinking we wouldn't get anything in the time period of two days yeah i see yeah i was like are we going to get any responses in two days and you're like yeah these people are good you know these people are are good good to the show so yeah and we did we did uh, i think that about wraps it up a nice tight sharp episode this week uh is our first, said. first week back and like i said uh, make sure you read 156 157 158 ahead of next week and that'll put you in the picture put you in prime position if you want to rank and review us uh, that always helps go on to the purple icon on itunes or wherever else it is on spotify just give us five stars tell us uh, you love the show you want well, don't more lie. you want don't more lie. from talking joe give, give uh, us what just, you think we deserve just say just say these guys are a couple of idiots but i'm going to listen anyway whatever it doesn't matter what you say as long as you give us five stars that bumps us up the rankings and that funky itunes algorithm that no one knows how it works to, to get you on the list um, but uh, where can the people find you sir if they want to check out more of your good work Diagnostic80 on Instagram and Twitter and of course uh, the Full Force podcast on Facebook and Twitter on Podbean iTunes and Stitcher on YouTube and Patreon and uh, you're actually recording another Full Force podcast coming up so you need to get away and do that if you want to hit up me I'm on I'm Chiefy Two Shoes on uh, Twitter and when I was with Diagnostic in London last week we had a little look because I forgot I had an Instagram account we had a look at my the Chief's Instagram account and which was opened in 2014 and I think I've got three posts so that is an account I do not use so don't go and follow me there because you will get nothing from me there you're going to get thousands of followers yeah, there. yeah. Uh, with all that said and done 
we will catch you down the road. Happy New Chio. Bye. Yo, Joe!